Hi, this is Robert Reese, and welcome to the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show with my co-host, Joe Brusuelis, Chief Economist of RSM. We interview top middle market CEOs so you could gain insights onto how to grow your own business and become a transformative CEO. Hello, America. Robert Reese and Joe Brusuelis on the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show. And our guest today is Drew French. How are you, Drew? Great. Thanks for having me. And Drew is going to talk about pizza, and he has reinvented. There are 60,000 pizza organizations in the United States, and he does something that no one else does. But before we do that, Joe, could you give a definition of what the middle market is? Sure. There are 200,000 firms out there that have revenues between $10 million and $2 billion. That accounts for 40% of the U.S. GDP, and they employ one-third of the entire labor market. So you're driving a lot of the success of, of the market here, Drew. So, so talk about what you did. It's, it's, it's 2008. You're with your wife, Natalie, and you created something and went into the most competitive industries because I don't know what's more competitive than pizza. Every corner. Talk about the start of it. Sure. Well, you got to actually go back to 2006 when we were on our honeymoon in an island off the coast of Naples, Ischia, Italy. And that's where the, the light bulb went off for us. We we had this idea for pizza that you could build um, individual-sized pizzas and cook them in a really uh, awesome brick oven uh, at very high temperatures and get exactly what you wanted. So we decided to come back, and in 2008, we launched our first location um, and called it Your Pie. And, and you were sort of doing a little bit what what Howard Schultz did in Italy with coffee, creating a new yeah. type of gathering spot. Yeah, I think that the parallels with us and Starbucks for today maybe stop there. But, yeah, exactly. He was in, in uh, Italy as well and saw something different that he thought would work over in the United States. And that was kind of – we didn't see the exact style that we do because it's build your own pizza down the line. Um, but we saw those brick ovens cooking this incredible pizza really fast, and we thought, hey, I think America would like this. So traditionally, uh, retail uh, food and beverage is always very labor-intensive, mm -hmm. with an employment rate at 3.7%. I think we have about 1.2 million more jobs available, and there are people willing and able to fill them. How are you addressing what is undeniably a very tight labor market? Sure, and you're right. In 2008, we had different challenges with the yeah. economy not in such great shape. Um, today, our challenge is our labor, the labor market. Um, we're Us and our franchisees are taking... Um, a proactive stance in it. We're uh, launching a new platform that's allowing us to um, what we call hunt better team um, caliber instead of waiting on, we used to just wait on them to come to us and, and ask for a job. Now we're actually proactively going out on the different job uh, sites and, and being a lot more proactive. So explain that. Where are you going? Who are you looking for? What's the criteria for hiring? Sure. We, at your pie, we with our growth, we want to either be the, the best first job or the best career that you can have. So whether you're literally in high school trying to get your first job and, and learn what that means, we want to be that best first job. So we're competing against other people in the space to attract the right uh, culture fit for us, um, the right team member. Um, but then that can equate all the way up to um, a career for you. So we're really trying to be a little bit of everything for everybody, but that's our goal at your pie is those two things. So when you're talking about the people that you're bringing in, sure. you've said it's this great culture you have, but you never realized that it sort of happened. It was an extension yeah. of what you and Natalie were doing. 
what do you actually look for? What are the characteristics and are there questions you ask when you interview them that help you identify who are the right people and who are the wrong people? Sure. We, we always like to say we're not looking for a pizza maker. We're looking for somebody that's passionate, that has great energy. Uh, we know with our training program we can teach anybody how to make a pizza, a great pizza, um, but it's really hard to teach energy, teach passion, and, and teach winners. We're looking for people that, that want to be successful. How, how, do you, how do you get energy or passion in an interview? Is there a question you ask? you look in them in the eyes. Is there a certain background they have? Is it something empirical? What is it? We ask leading questions like what, what they like to do outside of either school or work, um, what, what clubs they're associated with, what organizations they might be a part of. Um, we ask very little about have you ever worked in a restaurant or things like that. It's more about what, what drives you. Do you like serving people? Do you like serving each other? That kind of thing. All right, let's talk pizza. Okay. So where do you get your ingredients? You source locally. Is there some supply chain that you look at? That you think you know this fits for our business model. Sure, we have a, a partner um, that distributes to all of our locations mm-hmm. um, throughout the the United States. Um, for about ninety percent of our products, we do source locally for um, fresh vegetables and other things, and we have great uh, beer and wine. So each local your pie has their own beer and wine program where mm-hmm. we're, they're mostly going with local craft breweries. On the beer side and then on the wine side, we like to use um, small craft Italian wines a lot. What's your test kitchen look like? What's going to be the next uh, new um, offering that your pie is going to put forward? Um, actually, uh, I don't know if I can, I'm spoiling anything here, but um, we do what's called the craft series, and that helps us um, have fun in the kitchen, yeah. so to speak, um, do a lot of unique, exciting things. For Right now, um, we have a pizza that actually has zaps. Um, Voodoo potato chips. It's called the Voodoo Lady, and uh, we um, it has potato chips on it, which is kind of strange, but it's very delicious. Mm-hmm. Cajun influence. Um, in in January, we're using an ingredient. Um, there's there's this new trend. Uh, it's called Impossible Meat. It's a vegan, um, uh, veggie based um, protein. And uh, with January and the uh, the trends in health, we're doing that pizza. It's called the Slider Pie with, but it's going to be a completely uh, vegan pizza. So um, that'll be exciting. And we really just like to have fun. Um, we, like to be, we like to push the envelope. We don't want to do the, always do the standard thing in pizza. We want to be innovators in the space. All right, so what's your strategy? Are you, you know, colleges? Is it middle income? Is it a storefront, different sort of mall? Give us a little insight into how sure. you expand and, and why and where you're expanding. Sure. We started in Athens, Georgia, which was a small market college town. Uh, go dogs. And uh, – <laughs> Uh, but we've expanded. We have urban markets, uh, Atlanta, um, Houston, others. Um, but we also have um, suburban and, and more rural, rural, rural markets. Excuse me. Um, what we find is we don't have a, a perfect, um, you know, one location. We we find that people love pizza in all areas of the country, and we really are looking for the right fit from a people standpoint with our franchisees. We like to follow the people, not necessarily a certain demographic. So let's talk more about, as Joe said, let's talk pizza. Yeah. So what you do, if I understand your model, is people come in, and in about 10 minutes, they order their customized pizza and a craft beer or craft wine, right? Exactly. So, so it, it's fast food, but it's super high-end and super enjoyable. So you get families, you get young couples, and, you know. So when you talk pizza, since you're using all these unique flavors... 
Is the base always the same? Are you always using the same sauce, the same cheese, and this, then you just change everything over it? Or are you messing with the crust, messing with the sauce, messing with the cheese? Um, messing with it is, is a fun term to use, I guess. We, we do, do you offer use that a lot term? of choice. We don't. Oh, we okay. use choice. Um, we have a white. A choice wheat. sounds better than yeah, messing White, with it. wheat, and gluten-free crust. We also are... Wait, wait, let's stop there. Yes. How do you make gluten-free taste good? Because that's been a big problem for everyone. What's the secret of that? Um, We make the white and the wheat dough in-house, but we actually outsource the gluten-free crust. But we found a great partner that that does a great gluten-free crust, and our our customers that get gluten-free consistently tell us it's the best gluten-free they've ever had. Okay, so you're talking about your different pieces sure. and about the sauce and about the cheese and what, what your base is to build out. Sure, and uh, so it's called Your Pie, so we want everybody to get exactly what they want. We're actually testing out cauliflower crust in some markets. That's performing well, so we might Cauliflower break. crust. Yes. Let's say uh, Oprah got into that. It's a very hot trend right now. Um, Did Oprah pizza. talk about it? She mm-hmm. has her, her own cauliflower crust. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, uh, if she gets into it, you know it's a hot, hot uh, topic. Um, so we also have eight sauces. We have our marinara barbecue sauce, uh, basil pesto, uh, chipotle pesto, and others. And then we have about 40 fresh ingredients to choose from. So the sky's the limit, really. All right. So tell us about your customer base. What, how are you learning about your customer? Are you applying advanced data analytics? How are you, at, how are you organizing your data or your information? Sure. Um, early on, it was all about serving the customer and learning from that uh, standpoint. Um, what we found is that um, we cater to a wide variety, but as, as we mature and grow as a brand, we are using more data. We're in the process of launching a new uh, point-of-sale system across the board that will help us um, compile our data a little bit cleaner, a little bit better. Um, but for the most part, um, we cater heavily to families. Um, you think about your family of four comes in, Everybody gets exactly what they want. Um, before, you know, in, in a lot of pizza scenarios, you got to argue over pepperoni, argue over uh, no mushrooms or mushrooms. So we make it very easy. You come in and you get exactly what you want. One of the complaints middle market firms often make is, well, we really don't know how to collect this data. We don't know how to use this. Give us a sense of, of how you did it. And then tell us something that you learned about your customer that maybe you didn't know before you started collecting that data. Sure. Um, you think, I mean, everyone thinks you're a pizza place with craft beer and wine. You're going to be very male-heavy driven. What we found is that um, we actually skew more female. Oh, interesting. Um, our, our top um, category is a 35-year-old female. Um, so that was surprising to us. It actually forced us, didn't force us, but um, we strategically changed our, our marketing strategy because of that. We, we went brighter. We, we did some different things from a photography and videography and the look and feel of the store we're about to take a break when we come back we're going to speak more with drew french back in a few hi this is robert reese and joe brusuelis on the middle market transformative ceo show and we're talking with drew french and the founder co-founder with your wife of your pie which now has since you started in 2008 60 different locations Mm -hmm. correct and uh, what is the website if anyone wants to just read about it? It's www.yourpie.com. Uh, we could have guessed that one. <laughs> okay, so, so you were talking more about the demographics, and you said it actually skews more towards the female. Let's talk about the whole customer experience. What do you do from when people hear about you online 
to when they come into the store, to what they do, what is the whole process there? Sure. And are you, is it different in every location, or is it? Are there some similarities? There are slight variances in each location. We we do want to be the local Yorpai, so when we go into different markets, we like to take a little bit of that flavor with us. Um, and but really, when you walk in, it's about energy. I mentioned our team; we want them to have a lot of energy, a lot of passion for what they're doing. So when you walk in, the music's going to be slightly elevated. There should be good energy in the restaurant. Um, the 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 people walking in should be able to smell this delicious food. We bake everything um, fresh to order. Um, and then you walk in, and you should, you'll should you see a, a great-looking line with, with bright, vibrant vegetables and sauces. Um, we actually hand-toss our dough. So that's a big differentiator for us as you, you, you walk into a restaurant and you see this fresh dough being tossed in the air. Um, you see the open flame of the oven um, as the peaches are turning in there, cooking in about two to three minutes. Um, and then you get, like you said, you get to top it all off with a great craft beer or a gelato and, and some wine. So explain how a middle market firm moves towards a more technological orientation. You know, you're in the food business, you make pizza. But yet yeah. it, it's much more than that, right? It is. Um, and, you know, part of what the, how the world is evolving with the third-party delivery services, um, everything moving to your phone, everybody wanting to order um, from their phones, that's forced us to uh, to try and make that an easier experience for our customers and for our team. So when we opened in 2008, social media wasn't really even that prevalent. Um, now, as we build stores, we're making um, – it's not just technology with iPads and things like that. It's also how we lay out the store. We, we're putting second lines in stores so we can cater to those third-party deliveries, those online orderings. Um, we're just trying to make things easier for our guests and for our cust- uh, for our team. What's your app look like? How long did it take you to develop it? We were very early adopters with, with app um, – we had we've had an app for about six seven years now I believe, um, but we're always trying to improve it and evolve it. So one of the things we're doing now, a big project we're taking on with converting point of sale systems, is also making sure the app integrates with our point of sale. Um, right now it's a, a separate kind of clunky thing for our, for our team, so we're trying to integrate all that. Is it helping on the margin with the labor problem? Are you getting a little bit of substitution of technology for labor, and that's making things a little bit easier to run? Yeah, we right now on average um, stores have about 15% of sales come from what we call outside the four walls, whether it's takeout, um, third-party delivery, um, or online ordering. We, we expect that to grow to more like 40% in our business oh, wow, over the next few huge, years, yeah, huge um, just with what the trends are. So it, it has been disruptive, but as you mentioned, um, if you can maximize your, your labor that's there, that, that's beneficial for our owners. Now, being everything's customized to the user, do you use predictive analytics? Do you start understanding and predicting what customers may want, what flavors are going to be hot in different areas, and do you go down to individual one-on-one marketing at all? Um, we do a little bit with our loyalty app. We are starting to, to be able to um, target specific day parts, things like that, through our app. But um, really, with, with our food model, everybody gets can build their own, and it's a one-price model. So um, we don't key individual ingredients in, but we can tell based on our, our purchases what um, what's trending what's not within our menu. And like I said, we have that craft series. We're always trying to evolve our menu 
uh, make sure we're staying current with with uh, relevant ingredients. Now, you won this award, I believe it was um, for peach and pistachio. Is that the correct? Peach and prosciutto. Prosciutto. Peach pistachio prosciutto. is a good idea, though. But, oh, so, <laughs> so right now you heard it, right? You're yeah. going to come up with that. That's a hard one to get the consistency. Yeah. So how far will you go in terms of flavors and innovation? And when do you say, okay, we're not going to capitulate. That doesn't make sense anymore. It's no longer a pizza. Or is it just about flavor? <laughs> um, it's about flavor profile. The thing is, is we our, when we launched our first craft series, it was a shrimp and arugula uh, pizza. Didn't sell very well. I think our customer base wasn't ready for um, that aggressive of a, of a pizza. Over time, as they started to trust that we're coming out with these great flavor profiles, our craft series has continued to improve. Um, and, and our customers are willing to try these, you know, the voodoo pie with Zaps potato chips. I think five years ago they might not have tried that, but now they trust our judgment, so to speak. Um, so we are we try and push the envelope um, on our craft series for our customer base, but at the same time it's got to taste great. So one of the things that's it's really impressive when you're working with middle market firms is they definitely have an idea where they're going to be going five or ten years out. Where's your pie ten years from now? Ten years from now, well. I mean, we still want to remain leaders in this space. We're always trying to push the envelope for fast casual. Um, fast casual, the category that we're in is still, especially pizza, is still in its infancy. Um, so I don't think anybody's completely figured out um, the model, so to speak. So we're trying to always improve the model um, and push the envelope um, so that others um, can look at what your pie is doing and, and, and follow us, quite frankly. Um, but, you know, we're, we're growing nationally. Um, at, at some point, we will be a globally admired brand. Right now, we're we're just growing nationally, and we're happy with that. But I would say in 10 years, um, we're going to continue to push things forward. So where are you going to go globally? What, what continent, what culture are you looking at? Um, China's a huge pizza market. Um, I know that the big players um, are growing really well and aggressively in China, um, Japan as well. Yeah. Um, so we look at what other pizza places are doing globally, and we'll probably – follow those trends hey, two quick questions first what advice do you have to entrepreneurs who want to go into a market that's highly saturated already as you did in pizza sure and then i'm going to ask you what's the key with pairing you know people talk about pairing a wine you're pairing craft beer with pizza so what's the yep. key to that okay two questions yeah so if you're going to go into a highly competitive market um with dense um dense competition you got to be different so when we when we thought about doing pizza we knew we had to be completely different. We couldn't just be another pizza place. So everything we did was we looked at what everybody else was doing and tried to do it differently. Um, and so others are doing what we're doing now in a similar style, so we have to continue to push the envelope. But that would be my suggestion to any entrepreneur is don't, don't be a Me Too brand. Try and really be different and really set yourself apart, and that will come out. And then your second question. My second pairing. question was about pairing yes. the craft beers with the craft pizzas. Exactly. Because you're, you're in a unique position more than anyone I know yep. in America, frankly, to answer that one. You sure. One minute left. Okay. So uh, spicy pies will, will go pair well with an IPA. Um, the, the hops kind of offset the heat um, and, and tame that down a little bit. A pilsner, uh, a classic pilsner or lager is great with pizza as well. That's uh, you think of Peroni and others. Although that's not craft beer, it's uh, it's it's been around for a long time and pairs really well. Um, we do like to have fun and and deciding what pairs well with those pizzas. What and those pairs well with a Guinness, for example? That's a different type beer. Guinness, um, that'd be a good spicy pie as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know you like your Guinness. You, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you, well, uh, I've had your pies. And by, <laughs> by the way, anyone who hasn't, these are unbelievable. It's so flavorful, and everything yeah. is really different than you expect. You mix things you would not expect to be together. Yeah. What do you think the strangest mix you've ever had was? Uh, I was messing around the ki- uh, test kitchen the other day and used blueberries on on one that was really good. Um, anything salty sweet is a great combination and not really thought of in pizza. And there you have it, the king of custom pizza, Drew French. Great having you on the Middle Market Transformative CEO Show. Thank you.